Come on. Hey, Thanksgiving's over. The lights are out. The Christmas tree's up. If it's not, come on, get on the ball, son. Let's get something going. Merry Christmas, everybody. We can finally say it. They've been playing the music in Walmart and Lowe's for the last month and a half, and so we may as well join in on the season. Merry Christmas. Hey, can you do me a huge favor? Didn't our worship team do an incredible job this morning? I even got in the way one time, and they still pulled it off and did a great job, pulled through this morning. Would you do me another huge favor? I just wanted this church to take the time live to thank the Eunice Police Department, Sheriff's Department, and City Marshal for all that they do, specifically with some of the events of the week. Would you just bless them and say thank you this morning? We honor you. We honor you. We love you guys and, and ladies and your families and the sacrifice that you make on a daily basis. We appreciate you. I need to tag this on the end of that celebration, and then I got one more little testimony to share. But uh, just so that you know, anybody that with the, we have a security team here, first of all. Those guys are, are trained in security, and they're actually, they all have either a concealed to carry or they license with the department. And so uh, all of those guys, not only do they have that concealed to carry license, but they are also going through a tactical course, which is the only way that we can legally allow anyone. It's not up to me. It's a legal authority that I do not have. It's a law that legally you have to have had your concealed to carry and go through that tactical course for eight hours in order to legally carry in the sanctuary. So when you're trying to decide to make that decision, it's called conceal for a reason, but when you're trying to decide or make that decision, you just need to know that we have a security team in place. Those people are trained and ready and come to church looking for an opportunity to protect us, and I'm thankful for them. Also, one more just little testimony. Miss Donna Ingvall called me last night at 7 o'clock in the middle of the SEC championship. And when my phone rang, I thought, my Lord, this lady does not watch football. And so, um, but, but I figured it was, it was either good or urgent. And so I answered the phone, and, you know, just as precious as she is having her with us last week. And if, if you happen to miss last week, I would really encourage you to go back and, and listen in on the podcast or watch it live. But she said, Pastor Chris, I just wanted to call you and tell you. I just had such gr- I don't make a habit of calling pastors on a Saturday night. I said, that's good that you don't do that because everyone won't receive it well. But she said, but I just wanted to call and tell you. And she began to share this testimony with me that another church felt led to call her and, uh, and, and just, just give to her. And specifically... Um, we were able to send her home last week with the finances that we hoped for. We gave her a $5,000 check last week because of your giving. Because of your giving and, and more has come in and we're going to send that right back out to her. But another church called because of what you did. Another church called and said, we want to match what New Hope gave to you and your ministry. 
And not only that, but she had some team members call her and they were praying and they really feel like just in one week that God is beginning to reveal a building that she could purchase to host that drop-in center and believe God to be able to minister at a level that she's only dreamed before. She called me to tell me to please tell you thank you because your investment, your generosity, and your giving rebirthed a dream inside of her that she thought had gone away or was maybe for somebody else. So thank God for your generosity and your giving. It is Christmas time, and every year with Christmas, I I begin to just kind of rehash some memories, and some of those memories are great. Some of them are are not so great. I remember when I was five years old, and and I woke up, and there was a a brand new little yellow and blue uh, life-threatening 80-horsepower Yamaha four-wheeler right outside the back door, and my parents weren't awake yet, and so I would always wake up as early as possible and sneak down and look and see. And I would always look outside just to see what I was missing. And then I would run back upstairs and go to sleep until they woke me up and I'd act really surprised. So I remember that that year I got that 80 horsepower Yamaha and man, I got on that thing. I five years old. The helmet was bigger than my body. You know, I looked like a bobblehead doll riding on a play school tour. But I, man, I hit the, I cranked that thing up and I hit the gas on it. The problem was, is I was facing the concrete column that went between the porch and the patio to the house and I smoked it. I hit that concrete column. It was the first time that I had ridden a four-wheeler. I was excited about it. I was on the same four-wheeler one time going about as fast as it would go down a trail I probably should have been more careful on, and I hit a stump, and I swan dove. I always had my helmet on, though, and so I only scraped up my body a little bit. I remember one year we were all, uh, my wife and and, um, Weston had just married my, Pastor Weston had just married my sister, and so we were excited about that, and we were all in the living room. My, my brother was about to graduate. It was just a, a cool Christmas, and, and we all opened our presents. He, he saved one present for the last. We didn't really get a whole lot, but, you know, it's okay. We're, we, we can celebrate and be thankful for what we have, and then all of a sudden, my stepdad passed out a little box to each person, and inside of that box was the keys to a vehicle that he had completed the purchase on. And the title, my brother got a brand new, well, it was new at the time, a a brand new Dodge Ram. My stepdad gave me my truck back from high school that my little brother, he paid off the vehicle for Kelsey and Weston. We were all crying and celebrating. And he's like, is that okay? Is that okay that I just gave you your old truck? I was like, yeah, yeah, it's way better than the church cargo van. I'm so excited. I'm telling you, I am ecstatic about this. And my little brother felt really bad about how dirty my old truck was that he had been driving and and he helped me clean it up and now his new truck is dirtier than my old truck and so I don't know if we ever learned but I remember one time my my mom came in the bedroom I was in about fifth grade and she opened up the door to my bedroom with a boat paddle and she looked at me and I was you know huffing and puffing about something because you know I was about to come into myself so I was obviously tough and so she came in my mom came in the woman of the house, mother, long blonde hair, very pretty, not really that intimidating, with a boat paddle. And she looked at me and she said, Christopher. And I thought, oh, Lord, the spirit of the Lord has come upon her. 
She looked at me and she said, if you do one more thing, so help me. You will not get anything for Christmas, and I will break this paddle on your behind. Do you understand me? I went from, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We're good. We're good. I was just making sure that you could still get there. I'd seen you that way before. just wanted to make sure. Listen, no matter what Christmas is for you, no matter what memories are stirred, and sometimes they're difficult, I want you to remember this one thing this Christmas that Jesus came, and he came on purpose. Jesus came, and he, he came on purpose. As we open this series and, and begin to do our best to embrace this season that we celebrate in, in Western civilization, and all, all the feelings and opinions that arise, and all the, the differences and possibly the diversity that may come with this Christmas season and the celebration and all the things that are, could we just remember as a church that this one thing must remain constant, that the reason for the season is that God sent His only begotten Son that whoever would believe shall receive eternal life through him the reason for the season is Jesus he came and he came on purpose I remember being seven or eight years old and beginning to ask some of the same questions that my seven and eight year old would ask and and the only thing that we do because a lot of people ask me you know how do you handle this or how do you handle that what I do without giving anything away or, or shedding any light on an area that we may not need to shed light on in a Sunday morning service, the one thing that I tell my seven-year-old is the one thing that I always want her to know. Baby, we do a lot of things and we have a lot of traditions, but the one thing that I want you to know is that Jesus is real and He loves you and we celebrate Christmas because He is the Christ he came and He gave His life for you, and that's all that matters. When it comes to a lot of people ask me this elf on the shelf thing, and there's some, some people that feel, man, those things shouldn't belong in the house. And, and I, I get that. I understand some of the, the dangers of the, uh, of, of the origin and, and what its significance is. And then some people are on the other end of the spectrum, right? And they're like, don't be silly. It's just a game. It's just for fun. You don't want to stifle a child's imagination. So we took Elf on the Shelf that somebody else purchased for us, and we don't want to offend those people. We love those people. And we found a godly way to redeem a cultural practice that goes on in our house. And so my seven-year-old for the last four years, every Christmas, can't wait for Tinsel to show up so she, so she can show her how to live for Jesus for the next 25 days. She reads her Bible more than she ever read her Bible because she wants Tinsel to see. She says yes ma'am and no ma'am more than she had ever said it before because she wants Tinsel to see what it looks like to live for Jesus. Did you know that the heart trumps the habit every time? There is a balance between judgmentalism and condemnational attitude versus tolerant or enabling of sin. And the balance between the judgmentalism and the tolerance that is dangerous is the heart behind the habit. It doesn't mean that the habit's not important. It means that the heart is more important. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, you saw it in the video, the reason that we celebrate this season. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government 
will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse 7, of the increase. Did you know that his government's not just going to remain, it's going to increase? In other words, he didn't just come, he's coming back. He didn't just establish something. He's going to establish even more than this. His government shall increase in peace. To peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom. To order it and establish it with judgment and justice. With the habit and the right heart. Judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I have two and a half points this morning. Two and a half. I know, that's weird, right? I don't know. God made it up. I just wrote it down. Number one, Jesus came on purpose. His purpose was intentional. It wasn't an accident that Jesus came. He came on purpose. And he wants us to live on purpose. He doesn't want us to accidentally do things the right way. He doesn't want us to accidentally teach our children the principles and the concepts of Scripture so that they can follow them. We have to be intentional about the things that we do because no one has ever accidentally received salvation and inherited eternal life. No one has ever accidentally stumbled in. In fact, when you stumble, I want you to notice that most of the time, You don't just stumble into holiness. (laughs) Now, I've said this before, so I don't want to take too long. Most of the time, when we stumble, what we stumble into is a little less than holy. It's like, I've never jumped over a fence into a cow pasture, tripped and fell into just a wonderful bushel of smelly, good flowers. But I have jumped into the cow pasture tripped and stumbled and landed into a less than beautiful substance. We don't normally stumble forward in a good way. We must be intentional. We must have, we must do things on purpose. After 400 years of silence between the last book of the Old Testament and Matthew and Luke's Fathers that begot sons and begot sons and begot sons and begot and begot. And I don't even know what that word means. I guess they were just trying to find a way to to word it to where the men got credit for all the labor the women went through. But I thank God we live in a new day. And my bride gets credit for those babies. So ladies, just give yourself a hand right now for the nine months of torment that you went through so that we could have a heritage. Praise the Lord. I don't know why that happened to y'all, why we just get to have all the fun and and then sit back and watch you guys. I don't know. Anyways, I need to get back on on track here. But man, thank you. I would watch my wife. I would watch my wife and I would be like, I am so sorry. (laughs) She's like, I want cinnamon toast crunch. I'll get you a chocolate chocolate cake full of cinnamon toast crunch. It's just whatever you need. 400 years of silence between the last book and of the Old Testament, the first book of the New Testament. Over 2,000 years of prophecies. 360 specific prophecies from the virgin birth to the resurrection. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it says, The Lord Himself will give you 
a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And will call him Emmanuel. And we understand according to the New Testament that that word Emmanuel simply means God with us. He came on purpose. He answered four years, 400 years of silence. The arrival of Jesus Christ broke the silence with an extraordinary message. It fulfilled the 2,000 years of prophecy with a message of salvation that the Christ is born, the Messiah has come, and salvation is available to the Jews and the Gentiles and all who would believe. The 4th century Christians were so excited about this that they implemented a time of preparation. And they called it Advent. Defining Advent, it just literally means the arrival or coming. Today, many churches still celebrate Advent. Personally, I grew up. Um, I grew up with a Southern Baptist background, and, and we celebrated just the Christmas season. I really wasn't that familiar with Advent. I wasn't familiar with the, uh, the practice or even the principles. Uh, I wasn't familiar with liturgical practices. You know, if you came from a, a Methodist or Presbyterian, Episcopalian or Catholic background, you'll be a little bit more familiar with these things. But I wasn't familiar with those things. I came from a, a more of a non-liturgical where things weren't handed down and they, they weren't quite as scripted. And for some, if we're not careful, if we're not careful, then we could become more interested in the liturgy than in the Lord. If we're not careful, we could become more interested in the practice than the purpose. But listen to me, Pentecostals and, and Protestants and Charismatics and Evangelists. Some of us, not all of us, may have come from a liturgical background, but we still have liturgy in our lives. We still have things that we practice and that we do, and if some young preacher comes in and starts taking them away, then he is less than holy. He's just taking our, our practices and our traditions away and sometimes if we're not careful even though we don't call it that we could still get stuck in the same places did you know that liturgical practices for many people are a consistent way to experience Christ for many people for some people they may become so habitual and so ritualistic or religious that they become a monotonous routine but so can all of our traditions if we don't keep them focused on the purpose of Jesus Christ. See, the trick is not to develop more habits, but to make our habits healthy. To have healthy habits that help form healthy relationships. Because I don't, I don't honestly care what you believe or don't believe about Jesus if you don't have love for people and healthy relationships, then nobody else is going to care what you believe about Jesus. It's the heart behind the habit, remember, that is the most important. I talked to my mother-in-law this week. My sister and I, were we had all these memories, and, and Megan was spouting off all these memories that she had, you know, of us. And Kelsey just sparked something. She's like, oh, I wish we could have been at some of Megan's Christmases growing up. And I thought, well, I know her mama. I'll just call her. <laughs> so I just asked her mama, what are, some of the, what are some of the things, you know, I want some amusing things that I can share. I want to know some things. What did Megan do? And, man, you know, she just honestly struggled. 
to come up with anything that her daughter did wrong. Go figure, right? Go figure. In fact, she told me just the opposite. She said that growing up, they had this, this box, and, and they would, it had a slit in the top, and it was wrapped like a present, and it was their gift to Jesus. And, and Miss Teresa, Megan's mother, would make all of the girls, um, Megan's her only child, but she has two stepsisters, and so all three of them, they would write a note, and they would take that note, and they would put it in the box, and it was what they wanted to do, how they wanted to end the year and begin the new year, the gift that they wanted to give to Jesus that year, and they would slip it in the box. And they wouldn't look at it again. She would put it up, she would keep it, and she would replace it again. She would put it out again the next year and the next year. And Miss Teresa sent me a letter that Megan had written in 2006, December of 2006. Now, this is why this is significant. Because Megan and I had gone through and taken one another through absolute hell on earth from 2004 to 2006. But in February of 2006, I rededicated my heart to God and began to follow Him for real. And she followed me as I followed Christ. She received salvation because Jesus began to do a work in me. And in December of 2006... Her gift to Jesus was different than it had ever been before. Her gift to Jesus this year was just, I want to live for you like I've never lived for you before. And I want to spend more time in your word this year than I've ever spent before. I don't care what your tradition is. I don't care what your practice is. If it's liturgical in nature or if it's not liturgical if it's just more symbolic and traditional at the end of it it should be more relational than it is religious and it should be more significant than it is spontaneous that addresses both ends of the spectrum well, we have to have a system and we have to have structure and I believe in structure. Well, we have to have the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of the Lord will speak spontaneously sometimes and that's true. We need to be open to letting God do whatever He wants to do whenever and however He wants to do it. But we must focus on relationship more than religion. And as believers in Jesus, we should desire to have more significance on the culture in which he has placed us than we do spontaneity for something that God already knew he was going to do. We need to be more people-minded than we are preference-minded. And I know that that's not easy when it comes to your traditions. Or the way that we've always done it. Or the way that we did it last Christmas. Well, last Christmas, you went to your mama's house. And this... Well, last Christmas, we didn't have the strings and the hula hoops and all the lights pointing up in the sky. Listen, last Christmas, we didn't have almost 400 people coming to hear the Word of God either. But we are willing to be more people-minded than we are preference-minded. And therefore, the purposes of God are being accomplished over and over and over again. 
Whether you celebrate Advent or whether you celebrate Christmas, what we need to remember is that this is a time of celebration in which God became one of us that he might save all of us. (laughs) Glory to God on the highest. Peace on earth. Goodwill to men. Point number one and a half. Never done this before. I thought it would be funny. Jesus came on purpose. More than just intentionally, Jesus came with a mission. He came with an objective. Passion is great. Intentionality is great. But passion and intentionality misdirected is just as dangerous as not having it at all. Jesus came with a call. He came intentionally, but he came focused. This is why Jesus was so consistent in his lifestyle. Because he knew the calls. He knew the the heart behind all the habits that he was establishing. See, man didn't give Jesus his call. Some of us struggle in season or, or, or in specifics or in direction. God, what are you calling me to? What are you saying? What do you want me to do? And sometimes the specifics and the direction may change. But the call of God remains the same. That we are equipped to do the ministry of Jesus Christ. To reach as many people as we can reach. To follow him and to let other, other people imitate us as we imitate him. The call of God is consistent and it It never changes. And therefore, the person who understands the call can be consistent and never changing. Jesus was consistent in the face of adversity. Jesus was consistent in the face of temptation. Jesus was consistent in the face of burnout. He was consistent in the face of terror. He was consistent in the face of mutilation. He was consistent on the cross. He was consistent to the grave. He was consistent when He took back the keys. And He was consistent on the day of resurrection because He knew that His call came from the heavenly father and when the father gives you your call no man no situation no person no thing can take away what God has anointed and established you to accomplish he had a purpose and his purpose revealed his passion Jesus's purpose was very simple and that should be our purpose to seek and to save That which is lost. This Christmas. Look to serve more than to be served. This Christmas. Let's let Jesus' purpose be our purpose. That he came to serve. And to give his life. A ransom. For many. Everyone looks forward to the new year. We get excited about January 1. Mainly because people stop cooking the way that they are cooking. And our pants begin to fit a little bit better. I've added notches and belts that I haven't had to use in a while with a, over the last two weeks. And I do look forward to just the settling in to a new year. I do look forward to some of the recommitments and, 
and rededications to some commitments. And I do look forward to kind of a new opportunity and a new season. But the only problem with looking forward to the new season is that sometimes it would cause us not to finish strong in the current season. Don't wait till tomorrow to do what you could do today. Discover your purpose and begin to make an adjustment. Why? Because we only began a new season as well as we ended the previous. So your heart could be right to start off the new year. But your habits need to be formed now before you begin it. You can make the adjustments in December and get good at them in January. You can make the decisions in December and begin to develop more discipline in them in January. Let's finish the year as strong as we hope to begin the new one. Let's develop new habits. Let's form new traditions. Let's repurpose the old traditions. Let's redeem the misplaced practices and priorities of the current culture in which we live with the purpose of this season, which is the Son of God has come so that all can be saved. Point number two and in closing this morning. I think you understand that Jesus came, and he came on purpose. We had one and a half points just to make sure that we all understood it. The final point this morning is that Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back on purpose. John chapter 14, verse 1, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and really probably a a better translation of this word would be in my Father's house are, are many dwelling places. In other words, heaven has room for everybody that wants to come. There are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would not have told you, I go. You remember Advent? And I like it, by the way. And, and, and this year, you know, in the past, I've actually done the Advent wreath and, that led up to every Sunday. And then the night of Christmas Eve, we, we lit the candle that the Christ has come. And it just, it just helps us to focus, to end the year well. If you take a long candle and you put 25 marks on it and, and every night for the next 25 days or if you miss a couple, burn them all at once. Whatever it is, you, you can draw 25 lines on it or make 25 marks and you can light that candle and maybe for the first time you all eat dinner together. Come on, it's about relationship. Maybe for the first time in a long time you gather your children together in the room and turn off the TV. Hey, my bad. We have to do it. It's hard. Like, I like that show. That's, they like that show. Daddy, can we watch those silly kids? How many of you have seen the sister and brother? They've got like a billion views on YouTube. That's all my kids want to watch. Like, let's make our own gack and put glitter in it. I don't know. It's, Daddy can fill up a big bowl cup full of ice cream too. All kinds of ice cream. We'll put a donut on the lid like a lemon and just be happy about it. Whatever it is, 
make memories. It should be a family value that we make memories. Can I just, I'll be completely honest, about seven years ago, I was, I was really firm, like we're not doing some of these practices. And I'll just be careful. I'm going to say it as I said it. I don't feel this way now, but I said, I'm not going to give a fantasized fat man credit for something that I work hard for all year. But I let my daddy Tim and BB do it every year. (laughs) They wanted to do it. I would rather find a way to redeem a practice than to offend for the sake of the gospel. So take the money out of the fish's mouth and pay the temple tax rather than offending over something that wasn't worth the relationship that you really desired to have. Jesus said, I go. Advent was just simply the arrival or the coming. I go to prepare a place for you. Verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Can I read you the description of John's vision in Revelation chapter 19? Verse 11, the apostle John, as he had been persecuted and exiled to the Isle of Patmos. It was after he was tarred and feathered and attempted to be killed. And John is on the island. He's alone. And I understand that some of you this Christmas is going to feel like the island of Patmos and you're going to feel alone. But I'm telling you that Jesus wants to give you a fresh vision and a fresh revelation for a symbol that has something that means significance for you and the people that you love. You don't have to be alone even when you feel like you're alone. Even when you feel like he's not there even when you feel like the waves are bigger than your ability you remember that Jesus walks across the things that scare us just so he can get to us in just the nick of time verse 11 it says now I saw the heavens opened and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true in righteousness he judges and makes war his eyes were like a flame of fire on his head were many crowns he had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. His name is called the Word of God and the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen and white and clean followed him on the white horses. Verse 15 Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them. Remember his government will increase. He himself will rule them with a rod of iron He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus came on purpose, but he's coming back on purpose. And listen to me, friend, this morning, if you don't remember anything else, you need to remember this, that his purpose is you. You're who he's coming back for. He came for one reason. And it wasn't our traditions. 
wasn't our preference. It wasn't our routines. It was relationship with me. It's why he came. It's his purpose. And it kept him consistent all the way to the cross. Back into the heavens. Because Jesus came on purpose. But he's coming back for you. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, we love you. Come on, church, could you just begin to thank him for his coming? Thank you that you came. You could have come any way that you wanted to. You could have come as a conquering king, but you decided to come as a humble baby, be placed in a manger. You could have come as an heir to the throne, but you decided to come as the illegitimate son of a carpenter. You came on purpose. And I thank you, Father, that your purpose was us. If there's anybody in the room today that just needed to be reminded that you are his purpose, I want to ask you two questions. The first question is Have you received salvation? To all who believe have been given the right to be called sons and daughters of God, children of God. Have you believed in Jesus? Has the Holy Spirit began to convince you today? If you've not received salvation, and today you would just like to be included in a prayer that we're going to pray everyone together in just a minute. You just want to receive salvation. If the Holy Spirit is stirring in you, would you raise your hand right where you are and say, Pastor, that's me. I just want to be included in the prayer. I want to receive Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. I see you. Anybody else? Pastor, I just, I don't want to leave this place wondering where I stand with Jesus. I want to settle it right now, today. He came on purpose, and his purpose is me. I want to receive. Anybody else? Can I ask you another question this morning? Maybe your habits have been right. But like so many of us, you just needed Jesus to check your heart this morning. To restore the right attitude behind the action. If you would admit, along with so many of us, that that you just want to try to focus on having the right heart and the right attitude during these holidays, a better one than you've ever had before. Would you raise your hand right where you are and say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. Thank you. Anybody else? That's me. That's me. That's me. I didn't have this, but I, I want to ask this, and, and then we'll stand and we'll pray, I promise, so don't let me lose you. If you're in the room today, and it may just be a few or it may be several, and you've been struggling with purpose, specifics, details, directions, even being fulfilled in what you're doing, and you just, 
You just need God to just settle a purpose in you, give you some peace. Would you raise your hand right where you are and say, Pastor, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Come on, church. Would you stand with me today? Can we all pray this prayer together? Whether you raised your hand or whether you didn't, we believe that if you will pray this prayer with all of your heart, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you can begin a journey. Would you pray this prayer with us? Jesus, forgive us for where we fall short. Save me. Rid me of anything that's not of you. Maybe it's a ritual. Maybe it's an attitude. Get it out of me. Replace it with what you have for me. I believe you came. You gave your life for me. Your purpose as me. Settle that. Help me to follow you with all of my heart from this day forward. Take my life and make it yours. In Jesus' name. Come on, church. Could we celebrate with the angels today for those who have dedicated, rededicated, committed, or recommitted? Come on, for those who have peace right now, would you just celebrate? Let your peace be made known by your praise. I'm telling you that any time that you feel the pressure of this life, you can replace that pressure with his praise, and it will release. Hey, thank you so much for being here today. Before you dismiss, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time, Pastor Weston mentioned the Connect card not too long ago. If you would just write your name on that, you can turn it in at the welcome desk on your way out, or you can even turn it over and leave it in your seat, and our ushers and staff will gather those things up between services. While you're doing that, church, I just want to pray a blessing over you, and I hope you have an incredible day. Let's pray. Would you open your hands and receive if you're comfortable with that? Jesus, I thank you for this time together. I pray. That you would bless your people and make your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them. God, would you lift up your countenance and give them your peace. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come upon them. Empower us to be a witness, an example for you. Help us to fix our eyes on you and follow you. Help us to develop healthy habits that make a difference, that form healthy relationships, that we would be known by our love for one another. Let it be. And let us have a Merry Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Meet somebody you don't know and have a great afternoon.